Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support for today's show comes from Smile Direct Club. Smile Direct Club straightens your teeth for 60% less than braces with invisible aligners sent directly to you. And exclusive to our listeners, you can get $100 off your invisible aligners when you go to smiledirectclub.com slash podcast and use offer code unhappy. You'll also get a $25 Amazon gift card with a free 3D scan at one of their smile shops or a $25 rebate on an at-home impression kit. That's smiledirectclub.com slash podcast, offer code unhappy. Now on with the show. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. Why Why do you sound like that? Because you and I went to karaoke when I was already getting a cold. <laughs> and now I've ruined my voice. You sound so sultry. Thank you. Well, you know what? It's not working. Okay. You know what is working? This goddamn intro. Boom. <laughs> ah, Boom. We are kicking things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into deal breakers, ladies, because I'm trying to list lemon my life. <laughs> it worked out for her. I'm eating right? night cheese. Right. She got a show out of it. Yeah. And crisscross. And finally, we have comedian Rhea Butcher on the pod. Rhea is a comedian. You've seen Rhea on stage, heard them on their podcast, Three Swings. You've watched them on Adam Ruins Everything and Take My Wife. And now your ears will be blessed with their complaining. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's not let Barry talk the whole time and start the show. All right. Worst things first. The worst news of the week. Actually, I should start with my own worst 
Ooh. Did you see me bitching about this on Twitter? The itchiness? Yes. Yes. Tell okay. me. I love that we're starting off this podcast with me <laughs> sounding like this and you talking about your itchy body. <laughs> For the past like week, I've been excessively itchy. And not like there's no hives, there's no rash. It's just like my entire body is itchy. Part of the problem is also that I like love scratching right. myself. <laughs> the little ridges that your socks leave behind. That's uh, one of the most visual things you've ever said. But then it like went on. It's been going on long enough where I'm like, something is up. And uh, then finally I was like, oh, wait, I would ran out of Zyrtec, my allergy medicine that I take. And so I was like, I wonder if there's some like a weird withdrawal symptom that I'm getting. And then I Googled it and all of these results were like, yeah, like withdrawal symptoms from Zyrtec are literal hell. They take months to stop. Months. And it's excessive, like fiery itchiness That's like is a how plague. it's being described. That is one of the 10 plagues. <laughs> it's almost Passover. So part of me, sense. yeah, I was like, okay, I'm grateful that it is not like bed bugs or lice. Thank God. But also... Oh, that's horrifying. And then, of course, I talked to my mom and she was like, why don't you just never stop taking it? <laughs> <laughs> Which has its own fucked up logic. But also, I was like, isn't that like, I don't know, doesn't that disturb you that like you have to take this or else you'll just be fiery, itchy? Anyway, I started taking Allegra instead. And it's like kind of gone away. Also, it's weird because itchiness is very like psychosomatic. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if I'm just like psyching myself into thinking I'm not as itchy. Mm. But I don't feel as itchy. Still just as bitchy. <laughs> Next. Speaking of penises. What? A new study published by the University of Western Australia and the University of Zurich. I don't know why. It doesn't matter. I guess shout out to them, <laughs> says that male primates with smaller genitalia tend to compete for mates through violence or badges of status. They're talking about primates, so they're talking about white supremacists, baby. I mean, there are also primates. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I, do, I do like how you're <laughs> just immediately go to white supremacists. Badges of status in primates include red chest patches, Hair capes and large noses or beards. Basically, if you got a small dick, you're more likely to be violent or use violence or like flashiness to try to get around. It's we've known and we've, or we've been new have red chest tattoos, which also adds up. Yeah. I do the the best line was this finding clearly shows that you can be well adorned or well endowed, but it's hard to be both. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck all my jewels, I guess. <laughs> I can't wear my diamond necklace without everyone saying, oh, I bet he has a small dick. Next! A woman in New Jersey fucking lost it and destroyed what she called a disgusting bunny burlesque display in front of her dentist neighbor's office because she thought it was inappropriate. Did you follow? <laughs> no, I am lost. <laughs> okay, here's what happened. This dentist in New Jersey set up a display, a holiday display in front of their office. I'm with you. It consisted of five scantily clad mannequins wearing fuzzy bunny ears, holding Easter baskets, standing among Easter eggs strewn, strewn about across the lawn. All right. 
So it's just a bunch of sexy mannequins celebrating Easter. And dentistry. Um, apparently this dentist's office used this type of display for Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. The local news, like, came out and were, was taking video of it, and a neighbor was like, now's my moment. And she went out with a giant pair of clippers and just fucking destroyed the entire display in front of all the cameras. Wow. Yeah. I love her. Her name was Desire. Or, was? Or Desiree. It's spelled Desire. The dentist said that the damage is between five hundred and one thousand dollars. I don't believe. Come on, <laughs> you can steal a mannequin for cheaper. And he plans to file a restraining order against Desire, after which he will be putting the display up again. <laughs> yes. Why don't you focus on being a dentist, sir? <laughs> Nobody wins in this story. I think everyone's everyone is. Especially to blame. not the mannequins. No. Poor mannequins. They just wanted to celebrate Easter. That's what Easter is about. Yeah. Sexy mannequins. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, this is the most disturbing story that we were sent a number of times that was viral on the internet this week. A 29-year-old Taiwanese woman went to a hospital for what she thought was just an eye infection. Turns out there were actually four bees living inside of her (laughs) eye and feasting off of her tear ducts. She is the beehive. I hate this so much. Basically, she goes in and the doctor was like, oh, what's this? And starts removing what looks like insect legs and then pulls out fucking four entire bees. How'd they get there? That were still alive. How'd they get there? The doctor explained that the woman was at a family member's grave pulling out weeds, and she thought she got dirt in her eye and then flushed it out with water. Turns out it wasn't dirt. It was bees. I did once on a bike ride get a bug stuck in my eye, and I thought that I got it out. And then like two hours later, I was at the dinner table with my mom and dad, and they were like, something's in your eye. And I went to the bathroom, and Ah! it was like a tiny, tiny tiny bug though and had died in my head Ew, <laughs> it died in my head are you not supposed to be talking <laughs> anyway she's my sister now the they were called sweat bees so they were like small the small it wasn't like a oh. bumblebee oh okay i definitely was thinking bumblebee this whole time and i was like i don't like understand for, have you ever seen like a real bumblebee though they're like the size of cats they're huge yeah yeah they're so cute, the little fuzzy guys. Oh, and it says a soul usually only occurs if a bee is pressed against the skin. What was it fucking? How large were this woman's eyelids that she, they just like were lounging out? This is a little cabana. <laughs> that is. Is she the it. queen bee now? Is that how it works? Yeah, now all of the other bees will mate with her face. Wow. Until she gives birth to the Antichrist. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, if you have a picture of your amateur taxidermy on your dating profile, that's a deal breaker, ladies. Copyright 30 Rock, Tina Fey. Please don't sue us, NBC. Thank you. <laughs> Let's do this. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right. Well, there was the whole like hullabaloo last week on Twitter after some dumb, desperate website published a video explaining how to save money while tipping. Did you see that? No. Yeah, it was this whole video that was like, this one trick that will save you so much money on tipping. And it essentially was like, 
tip less. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah, it was literally <laughs> insane. And it like incited this whole like debate about how much to tip. It was like, oh, you should be tipping on the pre-tax amount. And it's like, just pay the waiters and waitresses. Yeah. Just give them the money for doing their job. It's like, literally they're they're being it. paid You're, nothing. Yeah. And okay, maybe you save like one dollar. That's literally like their wage. Basically, a poor tipping etiquette and just general mistreatment or rudeness to servants in general. Just maybe not call them servants. <laughs> maybe try like service industry workers. Servants. It's pretty high on my list of dating deal breakers. And, you know, I am a gentle Midwestern boy. I will stop any conversation and say thank you for literally anything the waiter is doing. (laughs) That's why I hate when waiters refill your water glass like every 10 seconds because I will stop and say thank you. (laughs) Some people just pretend like they're not there. Sometimes they do it and I don't don't notice and then I feel terrible. Terrible. Yeah, you might as well slap them in the face. Yeah. But anyway, it got me thinking, what are all of my dating deal breakers? And turns out it's a pretty long list. (laughs) So let's jump into it. First, let's just get this one out of the way because it's 2019 and life is too short. We are not fucking Republicans in this day and age. No, ma'am. I don't give a shit how hot they are or how big their dick is. No! Unless your dick gets hard for the Green New Deal, this butthole is shut for business. I hope AOC listens to this. I don't even know what's in it. (laughs) Yeah, now I'm realizing that a lot of gays especially, I mean, this is the only data that I really have, will use moderate instead of just admitting that they're a Republican Mm -hmm. as, like, a Trojan horse. It's just, like, I don't know. I guess... I, I mean, I know why they do it, but it's like, you're people, we're going to know. We're going to find out what the truth is eventually. Why are we both going through this, like, dog and pony show? I would love to see a dog and pony show, though. I know. Why is Where did that come from? I don't know, but I want it back. Next! Not wanting to get dessert. Absolute deal breaker. Absolute deal breaker. Dating, friendship, family, deal breaker. Like, okay, I'll go through the, the, the motions of being like... Sh- should we? Should we? We'll, we'll, just, take, we'll take, take a, a look, look at the menu. <laughs> but we're getting two desserts, yeah. and I'll eat most of it. Sometimes three. Why not? Just go through the, the list. Bring us a one of each, one of everything. Mm-hmm. We'll have the works. Next, people who take pride in hating things just because everybody else likes it. Let me explain. <laughs> Because I know it, this comes dangerously close to our famous unhappy hour question, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? The difference is I'm curious to know what people dislike that they genuinely dislike. Right. I think a lot of people like think it's cool to like something just because everybody else likes it's it. It's a pretentious thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I think I'm like, this makes me interesting because everybody else likes it and I'm like taking a stand but, like, I don't like sushi. That's the thing that I'll, most people like. I don't dislike it because everybody else likes it. Right. I don't think that's a personality trait. Trent, you don't have a fucking personality just because you hate Beyonce. It just means your dad didn't love you enough. Yeah, a big one amongst gays is that they never watch Drag Race. And it's like, all right, what do you, what do you want from me? 
What do you do? You think I or do you think I go up to straight people and be like, oh, "I've never seen Entourage." Does that make me cool to you? I'm not just your regular person who talks to straight people. Next, anybody who's bad at decision making, deal breaker. There can only be one of us in this pair. <laughs> I I am terrible at picking places, at picking foods. If we're sharing items, we can't both be like, "Oh, what do you want? What do you want?" I'll have mostly because I am like. Like extremely easy to please and I'll say yes to almost anything so I just want them to make the decision and I will go along with it and if you are also a wishy-washy person deal breaker get out of my fucking face this for me is the biggest one and I think I referenced this in my interview with Tracy Clayton is that when the other person does not reciprocate like curiosity mm. because if people like have followed me they assume that they like have they like have a certain level of knowledge already right but that's not enough yeah they know you're itchy but like <laughs> they don't know you know I'm you. itchy you don't know my story right. okay yeah, it, that's just like a general, like a, that's a one way of saying like bad at conversation. Yeah. This is, we're playing volleyball here, okay? We need to go. I, I was on an all-girls volleyball team. Next! People who say dad jokes are like, I hope you laugh at my dad jokes. Or they say uh, they have a dark sense of humor, both of which is just code for I have no sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Your jokes are shitty or you're a bad person who tries to pass off your shittiness as a dark sense of humor. Not buying it. This I've also, this is maybe specific to me, but people who have a questionable number of Instagram followers, there have been a few people now where I'm like, why do you have so many followers when you don't really post that much? You're not doing anything like in media or entertainment or anything. They bought them. Yeah, 100%. I know someone who they were like, oh, yeah, I know someone whose boyfriend just got their girlfriend followers. And I was like, oh, that's a hilarious like joke present. And they were like, no, it was what she wanted. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it. And I also don't get it. But I also love when bots will message me <laughs> and be like, do you want more followers? And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. But I'm going to earn them. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this one in particular, this one I, I just have is shares too much too soon. <laughs> you have to ease, ease into the baggage. This particular item is oh, all one person. And I... <laughs> so let me just listen, because I cannot believe that I was obsessed with this person for like two full weeks. <laughs> I can confidently say now that my feelings are uncaught. But I'm still, like, mad at myself that all of these red flags did not register. Uh-huh. Okay. He told me that on the first date that he broke into his ex-boyfriend's apartment <laughs> okay. to steal back uh, an expensive gift that he bought him. Wow, that's a dick move. Yeah. And, like, literally, like, waited outside till he saw him leave. Broke in. <laughs> Stole it back while his roommate was home. He told me that he catfished another person on Grinder, and like got him to go to a parking lot at Jack in the Box and like watched him. What? He also told me he interned at Fox News and then later said that he wasn't fully truthful and that he was Bill O'Reilly's personal assistant. And the <gasps> worst part is, I don't even think that's true. Yeah. I don't even think it's true. I think he was trying to impress me with that information, and it was just like, what? 
this is more specific to New York, but he told me he lived on the Upper West Side when he actually lived in Washington Heights, which was 84 blocks away. And I came across his profile on another dating app, and it's it still says Upper West Side because we didn't match on that app, so I didn't. It didn't say he just told me in person that he lived on the Upper West Side, and now it's still it says on another app Upper West Side. That's a lie. He bragged about being at a bar with a certain celebrity that he tried flirting with by spending $400 on a bottle of champagne, and that was at a dinner that I then paid for, and he was like, yeah, you should pay for it. You make more money than I do. (laughs) What? Deal breakers. If any of those things happen, if any one of those things happen, that's a deal breaker. Finally! People who don't like literally everything that I like, fuck you. Fuck you. I didn't go through 28 to 29 years of life to develop likes and interests that you're just going to disrespect right to my face. I don't think so. I want you to bow down, treat me like a god. (laughs) I'm actually looking for um, a messiah to send in my place. Yeah. And then, years from now, I'll murder him. And then he'll rise again. (laughs) Happy Happy Easter, Easter, everyone! (laughs) And that's it for this week's Deep Dive Next! We got Rhea Butcher in the studio after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Lisa. Lisa believes that a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. And in my case, watching ungodly amounts of TV. And they believe that everybody has the right to rest. But how? Well, by making two awesome mattresses plus accessories and bases to give your body the deep rest it needs. Get this, the all-foam Lisa mattress is new and improved. It features cooling LSA 200 foam for enhanced pressure relief for side sleepers. And that's not all. They also have their Sapira Hybrid mattress. It's the perfect combination of foam and spring for pressure relief and edge-to-edge support. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. And from day one, Lisa set out to create a company with heart. That's why they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell to organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. That's a lot of mattresses. I got the Lisa Foam mattress and put that cooling LSA 200 foam to the test, and boy, did it pass. When I visit my parents, now I get to sleep in cooling comfort instead of on that old rock they used to have. You can get 15% off your entire order at lisa.com slash unhappy and use promo code unhappy. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash unhappy, promo code unhappy. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in all the issues you want to talk about. They got counselors who specialize in depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. 
You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment and get help at your own time and at your own pace. Don't worry, anything you share is confidential. Plus, it's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist right from your own couch. And if for some reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. How great is that? But best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Unhappy Hour listeners can get 10% off your first month with the discount code UNHAPPY. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp.com unhappy, fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs, and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's BetterHelp.com unhappy. My guest complainer today is stand-up comedian, writer, podcaster, Rhea Butcher. Rhea travels around the country as a stand-up, co-created and co-starred in the comedy show Take My Wife, hosts two podcasts, Outdoing Me, the comedy podcast Put Your Hands Together, and the baseball podcast Three Swings. Welcome to the pod. Rhea Butcher. What's up, man? How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. You know, can I just point out, that was such a great intro. Thank I, you. I want to say that, because, like, A, it's hard to do a good intro. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think it's easy. It's not easy. No. It's not easy to do. And can I also just mention that you didn't even mention a single pronoun in that intro. Oh, I know. Like, great job. <laughs> and I just want to point that out because, like, people are so in their heads about pronouns, which I get because it's completely changing everything that you think. Um, and so it's tough. It is difficult work. But you can also do that, too. Right. Which I like to test myself. <laughs> Often people are like, why are you not using pro-? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you're thinking about it. You noticed yeah, it, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> Like, it's fun. You can just take them out, actually. Yeah, I guess that's one of those things. I mean, you talk about all of this in, in your stand-up yeah. shows. but um, Incessantly, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I just on and on and on. <laughs> Enough. This is actually an Cut intervention. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting a little straight sick up, of I it. need one. I've, I've got so many interventions going. It's pretty great. That's good. Honestly, I need one, too. I think <laughs> that's... <we> <laughs> Straight up, I feel like everybody could use one for something. At this point, yeah. My entire social media presence, uh, like everybody else, it's just a cry for help that nobody is responding to. And um, yeah, that's why we have podcasts is that this is our second form of therapy. Right. It's a long form (laughs) cry for help where people at least are listening to you say something for a long time and not reacting. Yeah. I remember when I first was pitching, because we've we've had this podcast going now for a little while. When I was first pitching, I mean, the idea was I would like complaining about stuff. Sure. Let's complain about stuff. But I was pitching it and it, the title is Unhappy Hour. And the one guy I talked to, he was like, oh, Unhappy Hour. I like that. Like depression is really like in right now. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I guess that Ugh. wasn't quite what I was going that's, for. Yeah, but yeah, I find just... that to be incredibly gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> depression is not in. <laughs> It was such a weird statement. Yeah, that's where it's so like, weird. Sh- oh, yeah, sure. People Sh- are really, I was. People are really detached from themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you know? it's like, I yeah, like I wonder if he went home that night and was like, that was a weird thing that I said. Not at all. Definitely not. 
Yeah. I would put money on it that he did not, Matt. Maybe I just, I overthink everything. And so I assume everybody else I think you're connected to your does. body and yeah. your existence yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more than most people. Or just, yeah, an incredible amount of anxiety. Yeah, I don't know. You have self-awareness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to call anxiety self-awareness. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and you're fear. not an idiot. You're aware <laughs> yeah. of the world. You're aware and of how the world. horrible and awkward it yeah, all is. Yeah, precisely. But we're going to add to everything. We do like to start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Oh, shit. Um, it can be more than one thing also. I mean, that's, I, that's there's so many things. There's so many things. Also, I don't really, I try not to like, I'm not trying to d- d- uh, break down your premise or anything. <laughs> uh, but I, You're a positive person. Well, I, I, it's wild to hear somebody even say that, but I'm trying to live my life more positively. Yeah. Down the middle. You know, that's not to say like I only am positive and there's nothing. I'm trying to be more aware that, that yes, all of this stuff is awful and terrible and there's a lot of bad shit in the world and there's a lot of hate in the world, but there's also like butterflies migrating across this city that I live in right now. You know, all these things are happening at the same time. So I think, I mean, I guess hate. (laughs) (laughs) I hate hate and a lot of people love it. Yeah. No, I super like, let's, let's go meta with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that is the like perfect answer. I literally was just saying this to someone yesterday Mm -hmm. about how like I feel like I have dug into this premise of let's complain, let's like bitch about stuff. And it is like Which is valuable. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not valuable. I've justified this podcast by saying like you have to like kind of make room for the good stuff by like, you know, you vent. This that's what that's what a lot of, you know, a lot of therapy, a lot of venting sessions are about. It's about like Get it out so you can make room for the good stuff. Totally. But is it's a slippery slope. It is. Because then, you know, if your instinct is to immediately see the worst in something. Yeah. And it's easy to just start doing that all the time. Because yeah. it feels really good. Right. Like in your actual body, it feels so good to yeah. do that. But to do that with no end point or, okay, so I've gotten this out. Now what am I going to do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, like some, you just stop at the point where it's out. And then it just fills right back in again. Yeah. You know, it's like not, it's not putting it like putting in a seal correctly or something in a house where you're like, well, I put it in there. So it's fine. It's fine. But then, you know, things shift around and things move and then the air starts to seep back in and then all that stuff seeps back. And then you're just like, and you purge it out again. And then you just get in the cycle of this, of that over and over again. Yeah. Just filling up with 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 negativity. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's sort of what I've tried to shift in my thinking lately is that like, yes, it is good to get this stuff out, but you have to stay present in what you're talking about. Yeah. And have like a productive, a productive venting system where like there's intake and outtake, you know, like everything it's going at all the same time. So I, I honestly, now that I'm thinking about that even more, like I was thinking about hate as in like a very intense one, but I also like, I actually think I don't like hating things. Like, yeah. That is part, it's many faceted, right? So I don't like, and th- there's an occasion that I will get into like hate watching things, mm-hmm. but I really try not to do that. Like so many people like put, put themselves in a position to be surrounded by things they dislike. Yeah. And then they're like, oh my God, I dislike all of this stuff. It's like you put <laughs> yourself in that position, you know? And yeah. I, I'm talking about pop culture. I'm talking, and even just like theoretical. Right. Uh, places of like well why are you bathing yourself and I, I I have done this and this is what I'm talking about 
I, I don't like to do that. Yeah. I, I feel like people love it. Like yeah. they're just like, ah, like masochists <laughs> for, for being surrounded by ideas. They dislike. Cause, yeah. cause we also talk about like the bubble, you mm-hmm. know, people who maybe don't need to put themselves in the position of, of being surrounded by things they dislike. Yeah. Do it all the time. And it's like, we don't have time. We don't have time for that anymore. Right. You know, yeah. why, why are we doing this? That to me proves that we have an excess of time mm-hmm. as a people in this moment. We have an excess of time. How about we use it towards something good and like love and, and positive good things as opposed to like, yeah, I'm going to hate watch this thing. For yeah. 12 hours. <laughs> I'm not talking like 15 minutes. We're talking about like binging an entire television show and being like, I hate this. Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> That is, yeah, it's so true. There are so there's so many options. There are so many things that you can choose to focus on. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I get. I think you you said this too. Is like there's you know some you can't always opt out of some of the terrible stuff. Uh, oh yeah, um, yeah, that exists and it it's does. there. But there's also a lot of positive stuff that you can also choose to For sure. <laughs> to let in. I do want to know, like, what is your your comedian origin story? Sure. So I. Grew up in Akron, Ohio, and a mm-hmm. uh, single mom, and also lived with my grandparents. We would watch stand-up spotlight on VH1 a lot, so uh-huh. I watched a lot of stand-up as a kid in the late 80s, early 90s um, to age myself. I am a cusp millennial, so I am a millennial, <laughs> thank fucking God. Uh-huh. I will continue to hopefully work for a little while. But I watched that a lot, which was funny because I, I didn't know that women didn't do stand-up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And Because um, it was mostly women. So watched a lot of that. You know, Ellen was a thing. I just didn't know that stand-up... I I didn't know how you did it. Yeah. I just thought, like, oh, some people do it, and okay. Right. Didn't know how to do it in Akron, Ohio. There wasn't, like, a big scene. And I moved to Chicago, and out of spite, because I was not as evolved as I am right now, started taking some Second City classes. Because, like, (laughs) these friends that I had that were really great friends, and then just we sort of started drifting apart somebody in that friend group started taking some of them started taking writing some started taking improv and I was like well I'm funnier than that dude I'm funnier than all of them (laughs) I'm gonna take these classes and I'm really grateful for that you know I've I've learned to not act like that anymore but I'm grateful that I did it because I I did it alone I wasn't in class with people that I knew and I didn't have like like these people to run to or people to like scope everybody else out and like shit on the thing you know like I literally had to do it because I paid the money and I was like I'm gonna do this and I was excited about it and uh it really got me out of not not necessarily bad thinking but just like isolationist sort of thinking you know and I I had to I had to try and I was lucky that a lot of the people in the class were really cool and I've made friends with some, I'm still friends with some of the people in there and I did the whole track yeah. and I really liked it. It helped me uh, feel comfortable performing in front of people because mm-hmm. I've always been, I like to make people laugh all yeah. the time. And so that was something I was always already doing, but I was doing it in this weird format where there's always kind of some new people floating into the class. Then we would do performances and then, I didn't try out for the conservatory because I was like, oh, I didn't take classes, but I'm sure I could have probably done it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm glad I didn't because who knows if I would have gotten in. But then I went to IO to do some classes there. I met a friend, a new friend there, and we were both kind of like not into it. We were both like, this isn't, what like, is I like some of this. IO again? IO is Improv Olympic. They're not allowed to call it that because you can't 
you can't use the words word Olympic in any way. Oh. It's owned by the Olympics and the Olympic right, that right. whole thing. So I met this friend and we related over a comedy podcast and we were like, hey, we should try stand up. And there was this open mic in my neighborhood that I'd gone to a bunch. It was like really popular. It was almost like a show. Yeah. You know, people it, w- they would have a full packed out audience for this open mic. So I had gone a couple times, and uh, then I went with this friend one night, and we both went. We signed up. I think I was number 37 or something. It would also be like 60 comics a night. It was insane. And you had to stay there the whole night once you signed up. Yeah. And so we basically just like kind of walked around in and out of this bar, like trying to convince each other to stay, which we did. (laughs) And then we both did stand-up, and I like loved it. I had like a great time immediately. I don't know that I was that funny, but from the inside, I mean, I got some laughs from the inside of it. I was like, oh, this is I this is I like this. I like this is right in the middle of those two things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just have been doing it ever since. Yeah, I like I'm always fascinated by people who who come from the kind of like the improv. I feel like it's it's often a a binary choice that people make between improv and especially in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very judged. Mm-hmm. In Chicago, that like you can't you can't do both, right? And nobody can be good at both, which is stupid because like comp- standups also want to be on SNL, which yeah. is like, you know, you kind of can't do SNL without any ability to do improv, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's silly, and I bought into it. But um, I mean, like somebody like Greg Proops, who is I think he that person has made me laugh so deeply. Like, he's very good at both things. Yeah. And, like, you can be good at both things. You can be very good at both things. It's rare mm-hmm. that somebody's good at both things. But um, I've thought about going back and doing improv a little bit. But I yeah. don't know. I don't like spending money on stuff that I feel like I'm already doing. There's there's <laughs> also that. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, yeah. How long were you in Chicago? Um, I lived in Chicago. I had, like, two stints in Chicago. I moved there. I lived in South Bend, Indiana for a year. Uh-huh. So that's, you know... South Bend, is that where Notre Dame is, It too? is where Notre Dame is. Yeah. I went to Notre Dame for a year, for yeah. graduate school, yeah. I, and I dropped out. I, I went there for, free. like, a, a conference when I was in college. Oh, yeah? It was during Lent. Oh. <laughs> and I, so I all was, the restaurants were closed. Yeah. I was, like, raised Catholic, so I, like, should have known. Um, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. You were recovering. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm a recovering Catholic. Yeah. Um, but it was during Lent. First of all, I, like, completely missed the fact that it was uh, business attire the entire weekend so oh. all I had were college t-shirts Shit. and jeans yeah. um and then like yeah it was so it was such like an intense experience my South Bend experience oh I'm uh, sure I mean so yeah, was mine because everyone yeah I had no idea like how kind of strict that they were not that I don't think everybody was like abiding by every rule of, but yeah of course they had that like if there's two well, people in a room you have to have three legs on the floor at all yeah. times no it's nuts and and I had you know I like I said I dropped I left and the professors from my college were really upset with me, like really upset, which I don't think they really had a, a right to. They didn't understand that I was like moving from Akron, which is like not, you know, it's it's a small city. Yeah. And uh, I moved to South Bend and this is not a dig at South Bend. It's even smaller. Yeah. And this was the the mid tens, you know, so this is right. 2006. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think of the context of that, which is hard to remember. But the context of that time was people were not as out as everything is now. Like we hadn't had this like consciousness shift. And I 
wanted to be myself. And I didn't feel like I could be that at Notre Dame. Like, I was always going to have... It was like being under just, like, a glass dome. I mean, they call the place... If you go there, you're a domer, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah, I'm able to be like, this isn't me, but, like, literally, I'm going here. I'm being taught Mm -hmm. by this place. Yeah. It was hard for me to go from my place of origin where I never really felt like I could be super out and I wasn't surrounded by queer people mm-hmm. and then go to this smaller place that was like a same thing. I just like, yeah, it was tough. Like everything you're talking about, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. So then I moved to Chicago and like, you know, went to pride for the first time in my life and yeah. like thought like, Oh my God, that those, these people are gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Holy shit, this is crazy. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I just needed that experience. Yeah. Chicago Pride, that was my first Pride, too. I'm from Chicago, outside of Chicago. I went to my first Pride in uh, Chicago and passed out because it was very hot. Yeah, it's very hot, and there's a lot of alcohol. Yeah, I don't even think I was drunk. I was just— it's it's a lot, yeah. I'm just weak. Right, sure, yeah, (laughs) I get it. pale. Incredibly Caucasian. Yeah. Exactly. Was Mike Pence also governor of Indiana at the time? Yes, he was. And he, like, essentially created an AIDS outbreak. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he was at the time, honestly. I wasn't paying attention, really, to politics. Because it was was 2006, and, like, George W. Bush fatigue was, like, fully set. You know what I mean? Like, I was—I started college, like, two weeks before 9-11 happened. Yeah. You know? And then, like— 2003 I was fully in art school so like that was what yeah it was just it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot yeah an interesting time to go through this formative it was you know (laughs) um and it's interesting to be the age that I am now and like look back at all that stuff we have the internet in a way that we didn't before and in some ways that makes it easier but it also makes it more difficult because there's a lot more misinformation than there was in 2006 yeah yeah and it's a (laughs) it's a lot easier to get sort of like entrenched in your own Oh, for Shit. sure. Yeah. And it's also really easy to believe that there are no good people. Yeah. That there's nobody good. That everybody's bad. Right. And the only thing we can do is fight and yell at people. And, like, that sucks. It sucks to feel that way. It really does. Because, like, honestly, you get off the phone and you have real conversations with people. And they may not be fully educated in the words and terms and the ways we might we should be approaching these things. Mm-hmm. But they're open to it. And they are trying. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, the most beneficial and powerful thing that you can have. Yeah. And sometimes I'm inspired by, there's this guy on Twitter named uh, Abdul. He goes by Advil on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, he was responsible for the, how many towels should my girlfriend and I have? If you saw oh, that, that started, thing, like, yeah. And then Yashar had the <laughs> definitive. Yeah. <laughs> so you need five hand towels yeah. and five. Yeah. Um, but he, he always gets a lot of like crazy hate just because his name is Abdul. Right. Um, yeah. And there's yeah. people who are like, go back to wherever you fucking came from. Like sure, that yeah. type of shit. And he always responds with like, you're, wow, your teeth look so great. <laughs> yeah. And immediately they're like, oh my God, thank you. I've been using like charcoal. <laughs> And it's just like the immediate shift. I mean, and that is not always the case. Sure. um, But sometimes that immediate shift is like, oh, yeah, people don't necessarily deep down want to immediately resort to that hatred. No. Um, There is something in there. There is. And I talk about this a lot 
but I won't talk about it because I think it's a real thing that we need to think about. When I lived in Chicago, I rode my bike to work every day. This is a brag. Um, <laughs> all year round. I rode five miles in and five miles out. So I rode 50 miles a week. Just like, how cool was that? Anyway, That's intense. Yeah. It was intense. And and like I, I'm really grateful for that experience. There was a, a blog that might still exist. It's called the Chainlink. It was very valuable information yeah. thing. You could trade information and like learn a lot from each other. But I remember learning something on there. Somebody was talking about um you know when you're riding in the city and there's a lot of like just general traffic if you're approaching a standing green right and there's a car that wants to turn left in opposing traffic it is hard for them to see you yeah sometimes during the day you know at night you should have lights on and reflective stuff still hard to see because you're not always looking for that right as a car which is not great that's a problem with cars yeah they shouldn't kind of exist in the numbers that they do but that's another podcast <laughs> Regulation now forever. Anyway, so when you're approaching, they suggested that you should look into the eyes of the driver because they will feel your presence. <laughs> sure. You know, as because we're animals. Uh -huh. So you make eye contact with something. Sometimes it's like threatening, but at first they recognize that you're there. Yeah. The secondary part of that is if they're an aggressive driver, they will think twice about hitting you <laughs> okay. because they will recognize that you're a person. Sure. And, like, you could get all caught up in the other... But it's, like, that's a very real thing. Uh -huh. If you look into someone's eyes, you have empathy for their existence, period. Right. That's it. In whatever amount. Yeah. And that is what the internet takes away. Yeah. That is... It takes that away. So that's number one for me. A lot of people focus on the tone of text mm -hmm. lacking. Like, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. But I actually think it's the eye contact first. Because you and I are having this conversation about, like, big topics... And we're just having it. Yeah. Because we're looking at each other. Yeah, yeah. And you can see my face and I can see yours and like I can tell what you're reacting to and, and where to go and how to feel about stuff. But when you're on the internet, it's so easy to just see somebody's name and be like, this is how I feel right now. I'm going to shoot this off and like get that adrenaline boost mm -hmm. of like, I just fucked somebody, you know? Yeah. I just hit somebody with my car. Yeah. And you didn't. It's just theoretical. It's almost like a video game. Yeah. So I think that's the baseline of the internet, the negativity part of the internet, because it has also created you know, places for, you know, queer people, people of color to have voices in a way and connections with each other in a way that we never did, mm -hmm. literally never did. But it also, I, like I had an experience on the internet recently and I have been trying to monitor how much I'm on the internet because it's not good for me. Yeah. You know, I find myself uh, having these behaviors on the internet that I don't like mm -hmm. and I'll while away time on the internet and go like, what did I just do? Yeah. Why, where did I just go? Um, and so I'm like working on that and, and try not to live on there as much as I used to do. Cause mm -hmm. I, I very much did. So I like tweeted a statement that was incorrect. I said, um, like I had tweeted a picture of Don Cheadle wearing that protect trans kids shirt. Uh -huh. And I retweeted my own thing and said, since we're talking about it, this is what an intersectional statement looks like. And then I was off the internet cause it was a Sunday. I was like, I don't, I literally don't need to be here. Yeah. And I didn't think it was like a shots fired statement. Cause I tend to do that too. <laughs> Yeah. I will say like the most inflammatory thing and then be like, oh, time to get off the internet. And it is <laughs> so bad. You know, it's so bad to do that because then you just like place this poison in the water yeah. and people are reacting and you're not there. Yeah. And like, I've tried to really, like I'll do it and then I'll catch myself 10 minutes later and just delete it. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, why do you, why did you do It's so, it's um such destructive behavior. Yeah. <laughs> and I find myself doing it so often, but I'm glad I'm aware of it. So that happened. Then I was on my I I jumped on a couple times, but I didn't. I wasn't checking all my mentions, and I wasn't 
I was just reacting to what I was seeing immediately on my feed. And then on Monday, I got into it and I, I, for whatever reason, checked on that particular tweet and saw all these mentions of like a black trans woman and then a couple black cis women reacting to it. And then people being like, hey, I think they maybe just made a mistake. And then somebody being like, well, they're doing other stuff on Twitter, so they clearly don't care. And I was like, oh, holy shit, this is, I, oh, 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 oh. And like, I really was grateful for that. Yeah. Because I had to stop. And I had to sit and like look through the things. And I had a couple reactions. I said things like, thank you. And it was like too short. I mean, it sucked that I hurt people because mm-hmm. I know that it hurt them to see that in that way to whatever degree. I'm grateful that I didn't say something that was like horrifically sure. terrible. Yeah. But also, I'm not saying like, oh, I, whatever. I was grateful for the opportunity to react in a way that was kind. Yeah. You know? Because so often people get so defensive, and I wanted to. It's mm-hmm. not like it didn't happen. But I, like, talked to human beings, and I told them what was going on. And they were like, yeah, that's not, that sucks. Sounds like, and I was like, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going to spend my Monday on this. Yeah. And I did. I did. I, like, listened to what everybody said. I, like, reposted these things, and I just spent the time. And I was like, this is what you get for, for acting like this. Yeah. And, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's not act like this. All right. Well, we're almost we're just about out of time. Usually we do a thing called elaborate where mm-hmm. we find things that you said you've hated on Twitter. Um, oh. But you check out. You <laughs> you are true to your your ethos of not hating stuff. Yeah. Um, the one tweet I will yeah. ask you about. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait. Because uh, most of them are like about how hate, you know, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the one, I don't even know um, if you uh, used the word hate in this tweet. It was just something you disliked. It was Yeah, I try not to use the word hate. hate My so grandmother I, used to tell me that. She was yeah. like, you shouldn't hate. You can dislike it with a passion. That's a powerful word. Yeah, true. So this one, you don't use hate, but I do. I just like this. Hey, so I just watched two 20-year-old dudes nearly kill a middle-aged woman with those bullshit scooters. <laughs> yeah. I hate tech. We need healthcare. We need <laughs> <laughs> just totally uh, on brand ending yeah. with a call for I mean yeah that's the thing I was like I can't just say this one thing I gotta say something it's like I gotta fill the void with a good thing yeah um, and even that I would retract because yeah. th- there's value to those scooters because I don't want to just be somebody that's like sneering at this thing just because it's new but look you can't we say this all the time about gun control about everything like you cannot stop everything bad from happening right. that is not what I'm trying to do I'm tr- trying to prevent the majority of bad from happening. Yeah. We can trim it down a little bit. Exactly. You know? um, and I think those things, you know, there needs to be some sort of helmet p- aspect to it. Sure. Um, and then there needs to be some sort of regulation of where they can exist mm-hmm. and at what speed. You know, yeah. like, can't, can't you invent some sort of sonar <laughs> that when you're on the sidewalk and you can feel the presence of other human beings, it slows down? Yeah. And it has a top speed of X? Right, right. You know? That's, that is tech. You said it's I, all about coulda, not I about hate tech. The, oh, yeah. the word hate was in there. It is in there. I hate, <laughs> I, and I, I should have put tech I, in quotes. Or it, like, it is in quotes. Oh, thank God! <laughs> yes, I'm so good. <laughs> I mean, okay, as someone who I broke my arm, I've only broken a few bones in yeah. my life. I broke my arm falling off of a not even a motor scooter, just a manual scooter. Sure, that I fell. Those off things are of. squirrely, so, though, dude. That front wheel, yeah, it'll flip you real fast. It was a razor scooter that I fell off. I was yeah. attempting to throw a frisbee mid. Okay, mid well, scoot. look, this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, I'm I'm just saying. So yeah, I am. I try I am not to go to but, individual responsibility immediately. But, but like you've given me no other option. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that lovely note, um, where can people find you and your work? Um, so um, I will be in Birmingham, Alabama, on May twenty. First, and then uh, Huntsville, Alabama on May 22nd, and then Nashville on May 23rd, and then potentially some more southern dates that are surrounding there. And all of those dates are on my website, which is reabutcher.com, R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R. Um, and then you can also find me on Twitter at reabutcher. Check out that spelling I just said 10 seconds ago. Same <laughs> with Instagram. Um, and then like you said, I have my weekly uh, stand-up podcast called Put Your Hands Together. And then my podcast, Three Swings, which is about baseball, but it's also about a lot of, it's just about life, you yeah. know, because that's kind of one of the filters that I approach life through. Mm-hmm. Um, and because a lot of people have told me, like, I literally hate baseball, but I like your podcast. That's great. So, like, give it a listen, because not, uh, some of them are, are definitely about baseball, but a lot of them, I mean, I, I put my experience into it. Um, and so if you liked all this stuff that I really went on and on about in this podcast, then <laughs> you'll probably it. like my podcast about baseball because I get into this stuff. Yeah. So awesome. Those are the places. Um, well, and I was just on Those Who Can't, which is a really great show made by comics on uh, True TV. So yeah. check that out for sure. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier. Starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I started and finished Stranger Things. I had never watched it before. And it was so entertaining and enjoyable and... You know, I I really I was along for the ride and I keep thinking about it. And damn, those kids are so good at acting like they're so much better at acting than I'll ever be at anything. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I should rewatch it because the new season comes comes out out in July. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm excited about it. Um, So, yeah, I I know that that's like one that a lot of people have already watched. I definitely I I was a little pretentious about it at first because I was like, oh, everyone's so into this. I'm probably I'm probably not going to like it. Um, I know. And um, I I liked it, and I had a good time watching it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm watching. How about you? I finally finished Game of Thrones oh, just yeah. in time oh, for. And we should say this is we are recording this before Sunday, right? So we will talk about the actual show next week. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I know. I have to. Well, obviously, I will have watched the new season. Is there only six episodes? I think so. I don't, for some reason, I thought they were more, I, I know they're like long ass episodes. Right. Anyway, I finished my rewatch, all caught up. There's a death bracket I want to do. Yeah. Which looks really fun, where you like guess who dies in which episode and like how and why, and then you get points, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is basically just like how good at story are you or like how well do you understand the writers? Yeah. Which is more fun to me. I don't know. I think the assumption should just be they all die. Yeah. And then, um, I cannot believe this has been since the last week we recorded, but I've almost entirely rewatched The Office. Holy shit. <laughs> which is like nine seasons That's of a lot. <laughs> I told you I had a very lazy week. <laughs> anyway, what is your non-TV chaser? Oh, gotta give a big, big shout out to Slippery Elm. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it is basically tree bark and it is what is in throat coat. Oh, which um I know I sound awful, but I actually sounded worse. Um, and it's, man, it just has been the most comforting tea, 
and Slippery Elm. Who knew? I didn't know what throw coat was until like recently. Is it tea? It's a type of tea, but they have it in almost every green room I've been in. And I started seeing it and I was like, what is this? And the one comedy club manager was like, literally everybody like demands this. And it's because it has this like tree Slippery shit elm. in yeah, it it's that like, like bark. numbs your throat. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it has like a warning on the box. It says you can drink four to six today. I'm on four <laughs> to, right now. <laughs> Just finished my fourth cup. Great. I'm so excited. Yeah. What about you? What's your chaser? Okay. My actual chaser this week is um, for l- creating a schedule for myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I have spent... Uh, the last three years working for myself, attempting to create a schedule for myself. And I feel like I'm finally at a point where like, I'm being more social, I'm getting out more, but now it's highlighting the fact that during the day, I'm actually not doing enough shit. (laughs) And I languish and watch nine seasons of The Office. So I'm trying to force myself... It's going to be unpleasant at first, as it is today, because I'm deathly tired right now, and uh, I have a headache. But, yeah, like, actually setting an alarm, forcing myself to get out. It's hard when I don't have a boss to be like, you have to be at work or you're fired. Uh-huh. Where, like, I'm the boss, so uh-huh. I, I... You have to fire yourself. I fire myself. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm trying to force myself now to get up out of bed at the same time early every day. Don't take naps. Don't take breaks all the time. Do work. Yeah. It's not going great. But it will get better. (laughs) We'll see. it. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our editors are Dina Kleiner and Josh Gwynn. Music by Hans Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye-bye. E-R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. For whatever struggles you're facing, from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient you can schedule secure video or phone sessions, as well as chat and text with your therapist. And anything you share is completely confidential. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Unhappy Hour listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code UNHAPPY. So why not get started? Head to BetterHelp.com unhappy and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor you'll love today.